0: This is A-S-I, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, Episode 103, The War Metaphor.
1: Facing what consumes you is the only way to be free. Though I'm still far from perfection, I stay relevant, I'm still vigilant. I have so much more to say. Tell me, tell me, hate me, hate me. You're the
0: inspiration I need. Yes, a little metal for you here on the ASI podcast. That is a band called Hatebreed. The song is called Facing What Consumes You. And as always, you can go to the ASI uh, website and click on the music tab, download the songs in their entirety right from the... uh, from the webpage there. Uh, yeah, man, you got to be in, you got to be in the mood for some metal like that, man. I love that song. It's all about the war metaphor, the sixth commandment, thou shall not kill, thou shall not murder, but what about war? Love that. Here here's some more. Check this out.
1: You're down! You're down! It's-
2: You make
0: me fight harder! I love that tune, man. I love uh, love the metal with the emotion and the freaking anguish going after it, right? Getting out there. Uh, yeah, i got to thread the needle on this show today. Going to talk about uh, that attitude. Going to talk about uh, a few other things that are on my plate here. Some emails that I've uh, received. And uh, yes, the Sixth Commandment war metaphor. Um, some of the notes from the uh, from the lectures as well. How you doing? Uh, good to talk to the listeners. Good to uh, just sit down, have a cup of coffee, and chat with you for a, for a minute. It's been kind of intense in the last few shows, and uh, yeah, it's time to just sit back, uh, sip some sip some brew, sip some coffee, some Java. Check it out. Uh sell pizza to a coffee roaster down in Seattle and Ballard, um, and these guys are like importers and roasters and stuff like that, and they traded me. I traded a pizza for this just awesome little bag of coffee, like a little one-pound bag, bag of coffee, and usually they give me like five-pound bags of coffee. I trade them pizza, right? And I'm like, what's the deal, dude? This is like a little bitty bag of coffee, man, and he says... Uh, he says, dude, that's probably the best coffee you ever had. Try it. It's like from Guatemala, from the mountains. Like these little tiny beans hand-picked. And, you know, some guy carried them down the, the mountain on a donkey. And, and I'm, I'm drinking it. And it is. It is like the most awesome coffee I have ever had. It's beautiful. Here. Hold on. Ah, nice. Good stuff, man. It's good to be alive. And, uh, yeah, after the last show. Kind of sharing with you, ripping my heart open for you there, and uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm. It's good. To, it's a good day to be alive, man. I had to bury a turtle this morning. That was hardcore. That was harsh. My wife's uh, pet turtle. My pet turtle too. We had him in a little thing out in the backyard, and he uh, he got sucked into the filter and drowned. I think. So, yeah, we were hoping he was still alive, but no, he didn't make it. Man, he croaked, and I had to bury him. So there's that. Just kind of sharing with you some of my day. Anyway, I got a lot to cover. I don't have time. Uh, <laughs> for this. Love you guys. Got some emails. Um, I'm glad a lot of you are still listening. Uh, some of the folks that disagree with me, um, guys that don't share my uh, worldview. Um, I got an email from a listener that says that he loves my heart. That's why he's listening. And, and yes, I do get intense. And and I know. So uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad that you are um, mature enough to handle some of the things that I have to say. I'm I'm taking another class. I I like to download lectures and listen to them. I don't like school. I had a hard time in school. I have uh, learning disabilities, you could say. Um, Dyslexia is is my main one. ADD is something that I've been treated for but uh, is, is overcomable. The dyslexia is something that I, I've struggled with all my life. I read incredibly slow, and for me, taking college courses is, is uh, incredibly difficult. But if I listen to lectures, I can do it on my own time, and I can learn stuff that is, is awesome. don't get a degree. I don't get the uh, credits, but that's okay because I, uh, I'm learning stuff. And right now, the current lecture I'm going over is from Oxford University, and it's called Critical Reasoning. From uh, Oxford University, uh, unpacking the ideas that lead to truth, reality equals beliefs and faith at the uh, at the roots of of what we believe, of what we're trying to express of, of what we put together in our sentences. what we reason after is our um, our worldview, right? It's all about your worldview. It, ultimately, truth is, that Like, there is ultimate truth, and I do believe that. I believe that the Bible is ultimate truth, and you, whether you agree with me or disagree with me on that, I'm glad you're here, I'm glad you're listening. Um, that's some of the reasoning that I'm trying to get across, and if you don't agree, that's okay. But ultimately, this this series of shows has to do with sexual ethics, and I believe that there is an, a, a pattern for ethics sexually, and our culture is uh, proving that. The dysfunction in Western culture is uh, proving that there is a system um, of good sexual uh, integrity, and we're breaking that, and it's causing a lot of destruction and uh, busted families today. So uh, that's kind of obvious if you look around. But, uh, yeah, ultimate truth, sometimes that's something that I hear from a lot of college professors, and it's almost kind of like a religion, like, like these self-righteous religious people who will say things like, oh, well, there's really no absolute truth, and it's really whatever you believe, you know, that your belief and your faith is is, uh, is your truth, and I'll agree with that to a certain extent, but ultimately, sometimes you can believe lies, and I think that's one of the biggest problems that we have and not to get ahead of myself and the commandments but believing lies is something that wrecks us again back to sexual ethics and sexual integrity we believed a lie and we're stuck in addiction um so going back to critical reasoning why are you listening right maybe it's because you felt like i felt maybe because you're starting to understand or you're starting to understand some of the stuff but you're still stuck Maybe you're not stuck and you're just trying to stay not stuck. <laughs> I don't know. But part of understanding uh, understanding evil, understanding truth, and understanding why you do the things you do is, is really understanding that through our convictions we, we unpack, right, unpacking our own thoughts and our own beliefs, our own systems of reasoning, through doing that, we open our eyes and examine our own hearts, and we start to see who we really are. And for me, that was pretty disgusting, right? When I started to see really what I was motivated by, I was, uh, I was devastated. I thought I was a pretty good guy, right? Until I started to really see what I was motivated by. So part of the Sixth Commandment, part of the war metaphor is... Um, Realizing that sin isn't entirely out there. That, yes, is it okay to have a blocker for your iPhone? Yeah, it's okay to have a porn blocker for your iPhone. Triple X Church has uh, X3 software for your computer, right? Accountability, um, stuff like that. Is that a good thing? Yes. But will it set you free ultimately? No. Ultimately, you have to understand why you need a, a fence To block you from what you really want and what you're really after. And this is something that I had to struggle with, that I had to go after, that I had to attack in my own heart was why I wanted to. Why do you want to? So yes, the war metaphor, seeing it out there, attacking that thing that consumes you. Your hate, right? The devil's hate for you. The the thing that he's, the bait that he's wiggling in front of your face because he hates you. He doesn't want you to have pleasure, all right? I want you to realize that. We have an enemy. The demons and Satan are real. He's after you. He's dangling fruit in your face because he hates you. And ultimately, it's not going to give you pleasure because you're going to want more, and it's going to get more twisted, and it's going to get more dark, and the porn's not going to do it anymore, and you're going to need something else, and the devil is constantly going to give you a little bit of pleasure and then whack you upside the head with a two-by-four. I believe that with all my heart. There is evil in the world, okay? That's something that college courses are talking about in philosophy, like, why is there evil? Well, maybe it's because you've been telling people for so many years that there's no such thing as evil, right? That truth, ultimate truth, is really what the person believes in their own heart. And, you know, truth is is just kind of what you, your own reasoning and your own life experiences and your own worldview has taught you. That's what truth is. Well, okay, me being an ex-criminal and thug, I used to do some horrible things and I've been reading the news right on the news here because of alarm systems because of technology nowadays it's easier for burglars and criminals just to walk up to your house knock on your door put a gun in your face and steal your stuff while you're home and in a lot of cases they will rape your wife or your daughters may murder all of you all right there is evil in the world all right it's not just what you believe okay there's people that believe and through their own reasoning and through their own life experience and through their own worldview think that that's okay that it's me versus them i tell you that because uh attacking this idea um i was talking with a pastor at mars hill who was sexually abused uh, like i was and uh we he was in the homosexual same-sex attraction, stuff like that, and we were talking about that, why he went that way and I went the other way. I think it had to do with the way I was shamed, like there was other kids that were abused by the same guy I was abused by. I don't totally remember all this. I'm I'm trying to come up with some of my own conclusions and, and some of the, through some of the fuzzy memories, but I remember being shamed in school and feeling a horrible sense of shame and, and not wanting to go... And not really understanding why, but I remember being called a little faggot, a little queer at school, right? And I remember that feeling, um, me wanting to fight that. And part of that was sexually deviant behavior towards the opposite sex instead of the same sex. Where um, other people that are sexually abused by the same sex will feel like that's love, right? I heard that the word paramour, like the man paramour I played on the show, that's a biblical word. It means sexual slave. It means concubine. It also means the lover, like a twisted form of love. Some of these people that worship Baal and some of these false gods, horrible false gods would say, you know, use sexual slaves, call them lovers. I heard a guy on the news who was... uh, Very sexually deviant, very jacked up dude with HIV, knowing that he had it and infecting other people, and then calling them his lovers. Okay, these were my lovers. All right, that is evil. Can I tell you something? That is evil sexual ethics. That's not just his worldview. That's not just his view of truth. That is evil. Me, um, as a kid, having my body respond in a way that was exciting, that my heart was pounding, that felt good, and having this guy say that I liked it, right? Having something inside me go, this feels good, my heart's pumping, I like this, I hate this, why is this happening to me? I feel like I'm being beat up, but I'm liking it and having that collision of beliefs in my mind and struggling with that for so many years, not understanding some of the roots of my addiction were that, that that's how I believed about myself. Um, Tyler Clemente is a guy in the the news right now, um, who killed himself after a, a bully, um, jerk idiot in his dorm, um, his his roommate put a camera up. This guy went to Rutgers University, put a webcam up and filmed him having sex with another guy in his dorm. And he was so incredibly shamed by that, felt this massive sense of shame and that had him go to a bridge, Washington Bridge, and end his life. It's all over the news right now. It's creating this huge debate on, on sexual ethics and, and hating on homosexuals and stuff like that and um Man, my heart goes out to this young man and his family. I'm glad that some of you are still listening. Um, I know that you know my worldview on, on same-sex attraction and stuff like that. And uh, I had a listener who wrote in and said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I love you. I'm listening. Uh, I'd rather listen to you and, and talk about what we agree on more than what we disagree on, right? And that is a uh, mature way of looking at it. We don't have to agree, and and part of my reasoning is getting you to understand and unpacking my ideas and unpacking my thoughts, uh, getting you to understand your beliefs and systems of faith, what you're placing your hope in, right, talking about the bad news being the good news, stuff like that, but understanding that I love you and I'm not against you, right, That's part of the war metaphor, that we go so against these behaviors that we start to look at people, and people start to look at, like, that's why people don't trust evangelical Christians, right? Because their attitudes, it's us versus them. They see attacking, protesting type of attitudes. That was not Jesus' attitude. Jesus approached situations in individuals who needed help and were at his feet going, yeah, man, I'm jacked up, I'm busted, please, please help me. Please help me. And it's those kind of humble convictions that, that lead us to, to life change. So I love you guys, and I'm not against you, and I'm glad you're listening. And stick with me, because I have a lot more to say to you. So the why listening reason, right? Why are you listening? What What is this? This is painting... What, what I'm trying to do here is paint beliefs on the canvas of reason. I think if there's anything I could sum up to you in the show is, is to see why you reason the way you do. And uh, going through this book by C.S. Lewis, Reflections on the Psalms, wanted to talk about so-called secular music and why I play it and why I want you to uh, listen to it, why I want you to understand some of the messages and some of the lyrics
1: socks that I play check this out this is grounding force cool. love this tune that taste of gain talking now when i feel the like in your arms
0: Yes! Fight this thing, man. Bring it. Bring the hell. (laughs) You feel like I do. Commit to the process. Face your enemy. All the stuff I said in those early shows, man, just go after this thing and attack it. But I'm also going to challenge you to face some of that heart stuff. You know, Some of you have a problem with some of the the music I play, and I get that, and I think that's cool. But I also want you to realize, um, I want you to understand some of my reasoning behind it painting on the canvas of your heart some of the things i'm trying to say to you um this is from the book by c.s lewis reflections on the psalms and uh c.s lewis is talking about the cursings in the in the psalms um the psalmer right the psalmist the psalmist that says things like um uh, the poet prays that the ungodly man may rule over his enemy and that Satan may stand at his right hand. This probably does not mean what Christian reader naturally supposes. The word Satan is accuser, perhaps informer. When the enemy is tired, let him be convicted and sentenced and let his prayers be turned into sin. All right. These are in the Psalms. Um this again means, I think, not his prayers to God, but his supplications to a human judge, which are to be made things all hotter for him, right? This, may his days be few, may his jobs be given to someone else. Here's some of the other things in the Psalms. When he is dead, may his orphans be beggars. May he look in vain vain. For any one in the world to pity him. Let God always remember against him the sins of his parents. Even more devilish in one verse is all otherwise the beautiful Psalm one thirty seven, where a blessing is pronounced to any one who will snatch up a babylon baby and beat his brains against a pavement. And we get the refinement of malice in Psalm 69 and 23. Let their table be a snare to take themselves, right? Let the things that should have been for their wealth be turned into the occasion of their falling. These are, these are prayers and music um, of this person, right, of the psalmist, that are evil, right? I mean, these are some evil heart motives towards uh, the thing that consumes this person or the person that consumes the psalmist. Um, Later on in this chapter, C.S. Lewis says this, Still more in the psalmist's tendency to chew over and over the cud of some injury, to dwell in a kind of self-torture on every circumstance that aggrieves it, Most of us can recognize something we have met in ourselves. We are, after all, blood brothers to these ferocious, self-pitying, barbaric men. (laughs) I love that. If we're honest, we relate to the psalmist's um, attitudes. He goes on, C.S. Lewis, that is. That, I may say, it is good to use to make of, a, of cursings. In fact, however, something else occurred to me first. It seemed to me that seeing in them hatred undisguised, I also saw the natural result of injuring a human being. The word natural here is important. The result can be obliterated by grace, suppressed by prudence or social convection and which is also dangerous, wholly, and disguised by self-deception. Believing lies. Faking it. So some of this is the natural result of cheating a man, or keeping him down, or neglecting him, as to arouse resentment, that is, to impose on him the temptation of being what the psalmists were when they wrote these vindictive passages, that he may succeed in resisting the temptation or he may not. If he falls, if he dies spiritually because of his hatred for me, how do I, who provoked that hatred, stand? And here's the big idea. Here's what Pastor Mark says that a lot. And here's the biggest thing, the biggest reason, the biggest cause I want you to understand is that um, some of the music that I play on the show and why I don't play uh, poppy Christian happy tunes is that I'm trying to introduce to you some of your inner life, some of the things that you may believe, some of the things that you may see in yourself, and some of the attitudes that you may have adopted that are are keeping you in bondage. I think a lot of us, that kind of us versus them mentality, you listen to music that you don't agree with and you just get, ooh, that's just evil, Russ. Why would you play something like that? I've got those emails before, right? Like, why would you play the secular music? Aren't you afraid you're leading people astray? Um, here's what C.S. Lewis said. It is monstrously simple-minded to read the cursings in the Psalms with no feeling except one of horror at the devilish uncharity of the poet's this is why this book so uh, collided with, with my heart and, and some of the things that C.S. Lewis says. Um, it was J.R. Tolkien that asked him why he didn't write more uh, books like Narnia and more fictitious books like that and book series. And he said because he wants the, the layman to understand um, the gospel because so many religious people write stuff that no one can understand. And uh, that's kind of my heart as well, right? Like, I want you to understand the gospel. I don't want to put this in religious terms. I want to b- b- put this in a way or articulate this in a way where you can um, reason through it, right? Because there is evil in the world, and just attacking the outside shell of your behavior is, is not going to. Ultimately, for the long term, set you free. Part of it's your definition of freedom. Part of it is seeing your ripple effect of life and death. Okay? And I think we could have such a huge mentality to attack this thing, a lot of us men especially, that we can neglect our families, that we can get an us versus them attitude towards homosexuals right and the christian right so to speak um that's why i love triple x church they're they're loving and um trying to pursue people in the porn industry um, mars hill church in seattle the downtown campus is going after prostitutes on the streets of seattle and, and trying to tell them about the gospel giving them uh right help and hope to get out of of sexual slavery is basically what these girls buy into, like concubines, right? On the streets of Seattle 2010. Right? That this this concept of of concubine, this concept of worship, this concept of of false gods like Baal are not just Old Testament things. That they happen today and there are people today suffering because they believe lies and because they, they don't have hope. They, make, they put their hope in something dark. Um, it just kind of occurred to me, and I, and I wanted to say this, um, that the Old Testament stuff, man, then uh, this is going to hit some of you, and this may mess with some of you, and this may tick off some of you, but I'm going to address it. I'm going to talk about it because this may be some of your story, maybe something you're going through right now. Um, you know that some of my—if you've listened to the show for a period of time—part of my uh, my fascination with the passing of time and how the you know time just is constantly moving and flowing like a river. And part of my passion is to get is to get into your head through your earbuds and your iPhone or your iPod or whatever it is, and to get you to understand that tomorrow is an empty page, and you will write on that page with your beliefs, with your reasoning with your worship with with this life energy that is your emotional intellectual and spiritual energy you will write your future out okay you're going life is right 20% of the 80% right i'm sorry 80% the stuff that happens to you and 20% how you react to it okay this is the passage of time um I don't understand. Here's the deal. I, when I was a when I was 18, a friend of mine um, got his girlfriend pregnant, and she um, went to to have an abortion. At the time, I didn't really think about it, right? Like I didn't. really I wasn't. I didn't have a. Position on the whole issue, but my friend calls me and says that my other friend, who we'll call him uh, John, is locked in the bathroom and threatening to kill himself. I go to uh, John's house, or I go to my friend's house. We'll call him Ken. And John is in the bathroom. They don't know what to do. They call me. I don't know why, but I guess I'm good with words or something, or motivating people to not end themselves. But I don't know. But I go to to John, and and he and he says, um, Karen. We'll call her Karen, had an abortion. That was my baby, he said. And he was ready to end his life because he, this kid, he's an 18 year old kid, man. He wasn't ready to be a father, right? I'm thinking, what the heck? I mean, this is not usually the reaction of a young man who got his girlfriend pregnant. But no, he was, he was ripped, man. He was devastated. He was destroyed over this and and wanting that baby and wanting to end his life because he couldn't have, he wasn't going to be a father, which I thought at the time was really weird for me, but I I, I pled with him and my heart was collided with his in that moment and I sat there on the the floor of the bathroom speaking to him under the door and and just pleading with him to open the, the door and that we love him and that, you know, this tool will pass something my mom and my grandma said a lot um But the thing about, and I'm going to talk about abortion, man. I'm going to talk about it because it's part of the Sixth Commandment. Thou shall not kill. And we sacrifice two false gods. Like in Baal, back in the Old Testament, people would take their babies and sacrifice them to this horrible god. And we look at that as barbaric and horrible today. Like, how did they do that? That is disgusting. Why would they put babies in a fire and and sacrifice them to this horrible god? Um, We do that today. We sacrifice kids for our own comfort because we don't want to be inconvenienced because a baby would be a huge, horrible thing that would happen in our life. We're just going to end that life. We're going to go to the abortion doctor and have that life ended. And maybe some of you have done this and listen, there is forgiveness for you and maybe you're having feeling right shame in your heart right now. I want you to feel conviction I want you to understand that there is forgiveness for you in that. That Every day is a new start, and that Jesus gives forgiveness to the heart, and to the soul, and to the core of who you are. And then, if you've committed murder against your unborn child, there is forgiveness for you. But I want you to understand that if you're contemplating that, that that is what it is. You're stopping a beating heart this fetus, this mass of cells that they're going to tell you isn't a human being is, and if the passage of time carries its way out, it will be a baby, okay? You give that little mass of cells, they'll call it six months, eight months, and it will be a child. It has a beating heart. It's not okay to end that life, do you hear me? That is murder. That is murdering your child. Your child. Your legacy. It's a woman's right to choose, Russ. Tell that to my friend in the bathroom almost trying to kill himself. Tell that to all the women who have been killed and murdered inside the womb before they were born. Imagine the ripple effect of the people that were destroyed. How many people would be here today? There are some people that would say, oh, well, we have less crime. All right. Look at me. Should I have been aborted? I was inconvenient. Please, this is, don't believe the lies that it's a mass of cells, that, oh, a woman has her own right to choose. If a woman is tired of her five-year-old, should she throw him in a fire pit and kill him? Is that okay? Why is it okay? Because the baby has come out of the womb. The Bible is going to say over and over again that the baby in right in Luke, the baby in, in in her womb leaped. The Bible is going to say over and over again where there's a baby. It doesn't mean that just because it's out of the woman, it's been born. It's still a baby. Woman doesn't have the right to destroy. And murder and execute that life. Because it's inconvenient. I mean really, that's what we're doing. We're putting our it's that's why. That's the God we are sacrificing that baby to is ourselves. And our own selfish wants and desires and how we think the future should look. And if you've done that, um, I pray that you ask God for forgiveness. I pray that you may be erect by this, by me talking about this, by realizing, yeah, the passage of time, that would have been a kid. My son would have been four. I'm sorry if this hurts some of you. Man, I, I love you guys. I'm not here to shame you. But I want you to feel convicted by it. And if you're considering abortion as a way out, it's not okay. It is murder. My friend was torn up and destroyed because his son had been murdered. That is the right response to having a child of yours. Murdered Charlotte from *The Chronicles of Life and Death*, a song is called *In This World*, uh, murder. Finishing out the rest of the show in the van today due to time constraints. And uh, hearing that, you're going to have a, a few different reactions depending on who you are in the audience. Some of you may feel uh, guilt, remorse, shame. And again, I talked about that a previous episode. Um, Moving through worldly shame and guilt and into real sorrow and real um, conviction that brings life change. So, I'm hoping for a lot of you that is your reaction, that you will go to that reaction. That's going to take some work and some effort on your part instead of just reacting
1: and ah, just you
0: know, that's part of anger and how anger and sexuality are so interlocked react you don't think stop and think but uh, some of you are going to also react this way like the the christians who are listening are going to say yeah russ you get them those evil murdering sinners okay why are you listening before you judge why are you listening right well i just look at porn russ it's not a big deal no it's a pretty big freaking deal you are praying off of people who end up in that industry for ungodly reasons and situations that you don't understand, and you are feeding off of them like some kind of parasite, all right? You, it's not okay. That's not okay either. So don't sit up on your high horse and, you know, go out protesting at the abortion clinic today until you examine your own heart, all right? And listen, on the last show, I talked about uh, flaying my heart open for you and and feeling that darkness, seeing my sin, seeing my ripple effect through time and and realizing it, the pain that I have caused, the pain and the sin against me, just the pain that I lived in. I've known darkness, Okay. I'm a sympathetic ear, man. Uh, And my voice and me doing this show, part of that, other people will react with anger and get really mad, and they'll start thinking about outrageous situations or different situations or extreme situations like rape. What if a woman's raped, Russ? That's just not fair that you would make her have that baby that's just a horrible thing that happens and yes it is man that's a horrible thing that happens in situations like that that woman doesn't ask for that she didn't ask for that to happen to her should she have to have that baby um tell you a story there's a woman who that did happen to and she um Was devastated by it. Had to go through counseling and, uh, you know, went through a lot of different issues and really started to seek um, counsel and seek truth. And, And God met her in that moment of just absolute brokenness. She decided to keep the baby. This breakthrough of understanding what life is, and it's not the baby's fault that that happened. And she decided to go ahead and keep this baby and uh, raise this baby. And she had her challenges and had her, right? I mean, it wasn't easy for her, it wasn't easy for the baby. But today, that baby is a pastor at Mars Hill Church, and he helps um, really jacked up, addicted, messed up people now. That's <laughs> his story that he would trust Jesus and, and understanding what, what he was saved from, that his life was almost ended. And, and today, again, he's he's this, this guy at Mars Hill Church who loves on people. So part of this fighting, reacting attitude that we have, we can harness that, some of us stubborn type of people. So Pastor Mark calls sanctified stubbornness. We can take some of that reacting Violent kind of attitude, and and put it into our recovery. Some of that music I play at the beginning of the show—it's a lot of my attitude, just really going after this thing. Understanding that there is a devil, that there are demons, and that they vehemently hate me. Right? They're not trying to give you pleasure. They'll give you pleasure for a little bit, right? They'll hang it out there like bait to get you to follow it, to get you to bite down on it. But once you have, they'll make it dull, right? It doesn't no longer satisfy, so it gets darker. You chase another sick little piece of bait into another darker area of your porn addiction or your sex addiction, it just keeps getting darker and worse and worse. Because the devil ultimately, he doesn't want you to have pleasure, he wants to give you a little pleasure for a certain period of time and then smack you upside the head with a two by four. That is our enemy. Spiritual beings that are trying to destroy us. Whether you believe that or not, it's the truth. And for a season, that can be the right reaction to have, to really go after this thing, really fight this thing. And to have that attitude. But the problem with that is that war can be addictive. Okay? That warlike attitude can be addictive, and you can stay in that season and stay stuck into a different form of addiction. So I bring up the uh, abortion issue because I know it's going to tick some of you off, and I know that it, you know... It, it, it's going to cause a reaction in, in your heart. And to dig under your behavior... To get to the heart motives, right? To get your heart on the treadmill... Like I said in past shows... To really examine what's underneath your behavior... But to get to see how you react... And maybe to ask yourself this question... Do you have that kind of war addiction? That kind of reactionary... Ah! Fight! addiction to that response. And I'm not saying it's a bad response, but if it's the only response, then you need to examine your heart. That's why I'm so glad for some of you like the for lack of a better word, I'll use these labels, okay? The gay people who listen or the agnostic or the the atheists who listen. I'm so glad you're listening. You you're so much more emotionally mature than a lot of my Christian listeners. And the reason I bring up the Psalms and I reason to bring up like rock and roll, right? Some of these heart level tunes. And and the reason I talk about not just logic, but the way you feel and your emotion and your spiritual life and how that collides with what you're going to do tomorrow. The reason I bring all these things up is, and what I really want you, one of the big ideas I want you to get across to you in this show is focusing on the battle and not the soldier. Because this kind of war addiction that we can get when we're fighting this thing, if we stay in that heart level, heart condition, that attitude, we can... I mean, that—that that is the heart condition of the relapser. All right? I've seen it over and over and over again. Why does a guy go a year of freedom and then relapse? Three months... Right. Six months? A month? Why do they go these periods, extended periods of time, and then relapse? That's what I want to focus in on today. And, and again, it's getting your eyes off, getting your eyes off the soldier, and getting your eyes on the battle. And here's why I want you to look at this. There's two ways of looking at this. Mars Hill Church, they talk about this a lot when it comes to ministry and you know uh, communicating the gospel. But I want to, I want to focus on, on this addiction for a second here. Um, there's the air war and the ground war to use this analogy. If you just go in on the air war and you just get like. You know that's why I talk about the the apps. You know you can get an app on your iPhone uh, to to like accountability software for your computer, right? You can do that for your computer as well um, to block, you you know, not just block, but to give you accountability to where you're going. Like you'll have to talk face to face with somebody about what websites you visited. I think that's a good thing. Um, If you need that, then do that. Put that on your computer. I didn't do that. Um, I chose to really fight only ground war. Um, You can do both, but I think that the main focus being on the ground war of this thing is what I've been talking about in this series of shows, in the Ten Commandments, really getting you to look at what drives you, what motivates you, getting you to realize right, in that communication um, beliefs to reason that you are driven by desire. That's true. You will become what you desire today and desire is changing you right that's truth that's not my opinion so dealing with heart stuff that's ground war um the addiction this war addiction a great film analogy to this is um you get a chance to see the hurt locker if you haven't yet it won best picture here in the united states and uh i think that's awesome it went up against Avatar, which was kind of an anti-kind of. It was an anti-military type of movie, and uh, you know one of the most expensive movies ever made. Um, I liked it, but uh, yeah, the Hurt Locker beat. It, it's kind of funny because you hear all these conservative, kind of right-wing types say, and again, I'm not right-wing. I'm not left-wing. Well, Russ is left-wing. He's talking against the right-wing. No, it's not us versus them. All right, knock it off. Stop it but don't put me in a box because of my my views on some things. I'm not 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 right wing, not left wing. I'm I'm a pretty moderate type of guy politically. So stop it, all right? But anyway, you know, the conserv- you know what I'm talking about, the conservative right wing types will say, "Oh yeah, Hollywood's anti-military and they just hate the establishment. They're anti-authority." Okay. The Hurt Locker, best picture, all right? 2010. It beat Avatar. Anyway, love our troops in Afghanistan and, uh, Iraq. Sorry, I digress a little bit there. Um, I've been asked to do like a, an interview, write a, a piece on, uh, for some troops going into deployment. So pray with me on that. Cause, uh, I've been asked to do that for a bunch of troops who are going to deploy to, um, Kuwait in, in a few months. And, uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> that's heavy on my heart too. But anyway, uh, back to the point, the Hurt Locker brought this this awareness, right? This uh, showed a story. Why did the Hurt Locker win? Very good, very emotional story. Okay, over uh, Avatar, which was a good story, but not real original. You know, my daughter was three when the Honest Disney movie came out, so my wife and I watched that about four thousand times, and you know, it's like Avatar was really it was. that's the story of Avatar, it's just, it's Pocahontas, anyway, uh, yeah, not that original, cool, great special effects, awesome, uh, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, the Hurt Locker brought up, uh, really, um, for me, showed this, this guy who's very effective at the air war, right, he's got that down, he's very gifted at what he does, but when he goes home, and he's with his wife, he's with his kids, and he has to do relationships with with people, right? The people that will know him deeply. Now, that's why it was so hard for me getting into church and talking about what I worship and what I'm actually really motivated by, as opposed to what I, I want you to think I'm motivated by. Or as opposed to showing you my air war. It's hard to show you and I have to let people in. I have to be vulnerable. But we need that too. So that's what I want you to focus on is to check and, and check this out. Pastor Mark talks about this a lot, uh, the, this labyrinth analogy. And I used that in a, a few shows ago. Um, go back to the labyrinth, right? That That's part of this heart condition. The heart condition of the guy who's, again, the heart condition of the guy who's constantly air war, is, is in, in danger of relapse. And, and this is why. Because if you're totally focused on that, totally focused on sin being an out there thing, and it is, and you need to fight those thoughts, and you need to fight those things, and you need to, right, no, go to the porno side of town or the red light district. Stay away from those places, right? Those are the outside things. But if we constantly keep focusing on that, that's kind of like going into the, the labyrinth. There's these prayer labyrinths, and Pastor Mark was talking about this in, in Europe, and it's like this big circle, and you pray as you go into the circle, and you're constantly going in on yourself, some of these other like pagan religions. And I think that we can do that in religion and in psychology. We can focus so much, read the books and just focus so much on our own little lives that we don't see that we're individuals and that we were created for a purpose and that you were put here in this time, in this point of history for a reason. And your life does matter. And that there's a season for everything under heaven, under the sun. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I talked about how Albert Einstein said that our consciousness is an energy that cannot be extinguished. It keeps going on. In that chapter 3 uh, of Ecclesiastes, he says that God put eternity in the hearts of men. We feel and have a sense that there is more to our lives than, you know, just existing Right? That's why I'm not Buddhist. I don't believe that we're just you know, a, a, a water drop into a pond. We're created for a reason. We have specific gifts and talents and abilities to glorify God while we're here, in our place. And what Pastor Mark, Mark Driscoll at, at Mars Hill Church talked about was this um, starting in the middle of the labyrinth, that, that the, the Christian life is starting in the middle of it and moving out, moving outward. Right, so I, I, I say that a lot. That religion is that those rules and things that you're trying to stuff in from the outside that never works long term. It gets in your heart and moves out from your heart outward. That's how our lives work. Another example of uh, the war addiction is kind of like the neat freak, right? The person who's got to have everything clean all the time. And they're always constantly cleaning. And listen, cleaning can be a, a good analogy to sin, right? It's eventually, just living our lives, we get dirty. I mean, that's just how it is in this world. But constantly cleaning and scrubbing all the time is a—it's it's that kind of in outside going in kind of thing, right? People that just can't rest. People that are socially awkward and say me all the time. Me, I, I, me, me, I. You're trying to have a conversation with them and it's it's a one-way deal, right? Or the person who's texting all the time, you know? War on boredom, right? Always in the phone. I still I have to repent to some of that myself. Uh, not being able to be because you're so wrapped up in your technology can be kind of like that war addiction, Right? Another form of that kind of war addiction, turning in on, on ourselves. The good news, right? <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ being good news. The, the news is that you can live a new life, and you can go from the inside out and just enjoy your life. I love what like Nikki Six said that in that song, that six a.m. tune. That just open your eyes, enjoy your life. Take some time and understand that there's a rhythm and that you can have... Take some time and just enjoy your life. Check this out. This song is by the Birds. Old tune for you. And it's all... This whole song is from Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, except for the turn, turn, turn part, I believe. But everything else is all right out of the Bible, right from Ecclesiastes. I love this tune.
1: Everything turned, 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 There is a season turned, turned.
0: That is the birds. That's actually a cover of the original uh, song, but I I love that song. It just shows this this rhythm of life, that uh, that chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. So the famous sayings out of there, like uh, ashes to ashes and dust to dust is in there. Uh, Eat, drink, and be merry. Another one that's in uh, that chapter of Ecclesiastes, he touches on that. Joyful, having a joyful heart. See, that's focusing on the battle over the soldier. When you can get off the soldier fighting and get into the real battle, being able to live, just be, you know, be content and, and be happy with where you're at right now, right in this moment, opening your eyes and seeing life around you, that is uh, anyway, I love that song, but going back to my my point on focusing on the battle and not the soldier, I had three things I want to hit and then I'm going to close out the show, I've gone long I know Uh, number one is to cultivate and meditate realizing that uh, part of life is that we're cultivators, we're constantly planting and and reaping and sowing, and we're, we're like farmers all the time. And and being able to get in the rhythm of that is that cultural mandate. Loving our wives, loving our kids, knowing that we're not perfect, but striving to to learn and grow and get better. You know, that is. Uh, and meditation. Um, as a Christian, I meditate on scripture. I don't believe in just emptying your mind and, and, and just focusing on nothing, counting your breath, and being the center of the universe. I, I think that's evil. <laughs> right? You have your own opinions about that, but I think just emptying yourself and being in the moment, uh, counting your breath, I can't, first of all, I, I was, I've never been able to do that. Never been able to discipline myself to empty my mind. Second of all, I don't think that's spiritually healthy. I'll be honest with you. That is not something that I would recommend you do. Empty your house. Empty your mind. Empty your consciousness. Because things can enter um, when it's empty. I'm Christian. I believe there is spiritual realities out there. And, uh, yeah, we don't empty our minds. But taking time to just have the, the time to just relax, just be for a while... I got a koi pond in my backyard. I don't have koi because the, the raccoons eat them and they're expensive. But I got this little pond in my backyard and got goldfish in there. And it's a little tiny pond, it's not very big. But just taking the time to sit there and, and feed them and just watch them eat and just being with God in that moment and be able to empty my, you know, my being, let myself be there for that. That moment in time, for that you know, that note in my life, I think is important. Taking time to be with family, be with our wives, be with our kids. Realizing it's not always going to be uh, comfortable. They're going to annoy you, but understanding that where that being annoyed is coming from. Um, number three is. Putting off the old man and putting on the new one. Uh, October, man, it's almost Halloween time. get the Halloween decorations out and decorate the house all scary. And there's some Christians that have a problem with that. Like, oh, yeah, you're just celebrating death. You know what? I am celebrating death. You're absolutely right. And there's things in me that need to die. Okay? There's things in you that need to die. And maybe instead of uh, getting all self-righteous, you could... Enjoy this fall season, the season of life, and understand that the leaves are falling and there's stuff on you that needs to fall off too. You understand that? The Westminster Catechism uh, says (laughs) be cheerful, right? Be cheerful always. Um, It's tough to do that sometimes in the rhythm of life and the things that happen and pains that happen proverb says a merry and cheerful heart is like medicine to other souls right it's like medicine to your own soul when we can rise up and and put off that cloak uh, of just depression and anxiety and not being able to be to put that part of you to death To put to death sin, to repent of sin. Repentance of sin is putting on life. And the best the best way to love is just to give. Right? And and we're not just talking about money here. Talking about forgiveness is one thing. I saw a sign on a church recently that said uh, the greatest act of love is continual forgiveness. And I think if we're going to stay in relationships with people, family, right, that it is a continual process of overflowing forgiveness, of giving forgiveness. But not just that, not just giving money or just forgiving, your, your, whether it's yourself to start and then your family or the people around you, not just reacting, forgiving But also giving, like counting your blessings. I know that sounds cliche and everything, but listen, um, Children's Hospital in Seattle is a great place. You can ask to volunteer in a place like that. Seeing kids with cancer, all right? Helping families who, you know, have a five-year-old that has cancer. You want to talk about giving of yourself, putting out that ripple effect, that real ripple effect that there is hurting people in the world and you can make a difference starting with you and working your way out that is giving not just doing but that attitude of heart the heart condition that says i just want to give where do i start praying that out to god because he is real and you can talk to him and he does love you furiously he's pursuing you okay it's encouraging life it's amplifying life there's another thing that john frame said is seeing the larger catechism right seeing the the air war Right, so looking down from 30,000 feet, seeing the ground, and, and knowing when things are still, when things are peaceful, when you celebrate that moment, man. That's the ripple effect of life versus death. And there can be a cheerful attitude towards killing sin in your life. I wanted to leave you with a, another song. Uh, end of the show right there. I'm going to. I want to end you with another song by Johnny Cash. The man in black, right? Speaking of a good attitude towards the air war, ground war. Taking your eyes off yourself. The eyes off the soldier and putting your eyes on the battle. Uh, I love this attitude that Johnny has in this song. Um, My name is Russ Shaw. My email is russ at asi247.org. The website is asi247.org. Um... If you'd like to leave a donation, uh, keep this show going, uh, you can do that on the website. I also have a P.O. Box now. Again, i got another P.O. Box. If you want to send a check in snail mail, if you feel more uh, comfortable with that, it's P.O. Box 13324, Everett, Washington, 98206 in the USA. Um, again using your money to push back darkness, right? I've been approached to have the show sponsored by someone, and uh, I'm not going to do that for a couple of different reasons. One, that they would probably put on stuff there I would disagree with, and I wouldn't want to lead you astray by uh, having you go back to the labyrinth, right? Also, uh, part of this is learning... the the ground war, air war using your money, your life energy to push back to to what you're convicted by, right? Like uh, you're being addicted, cost money to get there and giving, having a generous heart is a way, an attitude, a heart level attitude of of getting out Uh, that's the truth It's, it's putting off that old self that just wants to consume and putting on the new self that wants to start from the inside and push outward. Also on the website, if you go to, uh, click on the music tab, you see the music there. You can see the scripture that changed my life. Uh, I don't know how many years ago it was. I'm pretty sure it was like seven, eight years ago. I had to set my pizza down in this school and I'd sell pizza to these, these kids in this Christian school right in front of this big sign. And, uh, yeah, this, this sign was right there on the wall. And I will have that on the website. If you click on the music tab uh, to see the the tunes that are on there and to see this sign, Um, it's the John 1010 sign (laughs) that I told you about. I was there at that same school uh, last week, and I took a picture of it with my phone. And, uh, yeah, so that's there. I love you guys. And, uh, again... I'm praying for you. Please please pray for me. I love every single one of you. This is Johnny Cash, a man who also was criticized for some of his darker music, right? Music that wasn't all gushy and bubbly and happy all the time. <laughs> music that would bring the listener to maybe look at their own lives and their own heart and what was really motivating them.
2: So... Johnny Cash, the man in black Love you guys, bye Well you wonder why I always Dress in black Why you never see Bright colors on my Back And why does my appearance Seem to have a somber Tone, well there's a reason For the things that I have on. I wear the black for the poor And the beaten down Living in the hopeless, hungry side of town I wear it for the prisoner Who has long paid for his crime But is there because he's a victim of the time I wear the black for those who've never read Or listen to the words that Jesus said About the road to happiness and charity, why you think he's talking straight to you and me, well we're doing mighty fine I do suppose, in our streak of lightning, cars and fancy clothes. Doing mighty fine, I do suppose In our streak of lightning, cars and fancy clothes